Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, welcome. It is Hour 2, Hourly with Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Talking to you on a Thursday afternoon. And uh, horrifying news out of Newstead, but it would appear as though the situation is over. There isn't an active shooter situation going on, but four people dead, two women, two men, all believed to be related. Uh, Murder-suicide situation. At this point, motive is unknown. Identities unknown. And um, it's obviously a terrible, terrible thing. I want to thank uh, Max Tresman, the attorney, for joining us on News Radio 930 WBEN, the first hour of the show, to answer your uh, questions on the uh, overturning of many of New York State's uh, gun um, laws that went into effect on September 1st, but the overturning doesn't take effect for three business days, and the state is going to appeal the uh, temporary restraining order that was issued today by the judge <clears throat> and is going to appeal the case to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, Max Tresman is uh, optimistic, or as optimistic as he can be, that uh, the overturning of these onerous restrictions uh, will be uh, will be upheld by the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. And if the state loses there, uh, the next opportunity, uh, the next place they could go would be the United States Supreme Court. And I really don't think that the United States Supreme Court is going to uphold uh, laws that were passed specifically to counter a decision of the United States Supreme Court. So I... Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens here over the course of the next little while. But here's the thing that's important to point out. As of right now, the law is still in effect. As of right now, all of those onerous laws are still in effect. So we are basically in a state of limbo right now. Okay? Now, I have uh, a couple, I have a, a few questions about this because it's been uh, a little while since we've uh, done any show um, about firearms in this way. But a uh, couple of things I want to find out. And I don't want you to name your place of worship, but you tell me, you tell me, should firearms be allowed in your place of worship? Should firearms be allowed in your place? place of worship. And I will tell you that law enforcement authorities had phone calls from members of the Jewish community, leaders of the Jewish community, early in September, because High Holy Days were coming up in a few weeks uh, during the month of September, and they were absolutely appalled because they had security teams. Because, not sure if you're aware of this, anti-Semitism 
has been on the rise, creeping upward steadily around the world, and yes, here in the United States, for the past 10 or 20 years. It's been spiking ever upward, and they were very concerned. And I know people who attend some of the mega churches in the area, and they also were very, very concerned that there they are, uh, hundreds or in some case over a thousand worshipers, and they were basically sitting ducks for somebody who wasn't big on Christians to go in and have a massacre. And we know that there have been mass shootings in churches. And obviously, Charleston, South Carolina was one. That wasn't during a service. It was during a Bible study. And in that case, several years ago, I'm not going to name the individual who did it because I don't believe in giving these scum nuts any uh, publicity, but this uh, white supremacist kid walked into a black prayer group and uh, prayed and studied the Bible with these people and then stood up and killed many of the people with whom he had been worshiping. And um, it was a horrible scene. Now, if obviously South Carolina isn't New York State, I get that, but if a couple of people who had been victims had been carrying, maybe the death toll would not have been so high. Do you believe... Uh, that firearms ought to be allowed in your place of worship. Remember the attack on the Hindu temple a few years back? This idiot mistook Hindus for Muslims and executed, murdered a whole bunch of Hindus um, who were not in a position to um, hurt anybody. Now, I don't know if the Hindu temples would ever have armed security, uh, if they practice ahizma, which is the idea that you don't hurt or kill anything uh, at all. Uh, that's a pretty big tenet of the faith. So I don't know if even if they can, they would have armed security. It would seem to be counter to the uh, tenets of, uh, of their faith. But uh, without getting too far into the weeds... Um, how many of you listening to my show right now, and, and don't mention the name of It Is Where You Happen to Worship, how many of you are members of church, temple, mosque, synagogue, security teams? How many of you are members? How many of you carry to your place of worship? Because you are concerned that on a moment's notice, some scumbag may walk into your church and start plunking away at people and committing atrocities and murders. I would very much like to know if you believe firearms should absolutely be allowed in places of worship, and I absolutely believe they should be allowed in places of worship, and not just for those who are members of a official church or religious institution security team. I believe that parishioners, uh, congregants, members of the mosque or temple, I absolutely believe that they should be allowed to concealed carry uh, as a matter of your constitutional right and as a matter of your human right because the first law of nature is that of self-preservation. Uh, anybody have a problem with that? Is there, is there anybody who is so anti-gun that they don't understand that people will be more than happy to select a target-rich environment with a minimum fear of shots coming back at them? Um, yeah. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone. 
1-800-616-WBEN. And let me ask you another question. We had a whole bunch of people who, at the last minute before these laws went into effect, filed their pistol permit applications in Erie County, Niagara County, and probably every county around western New York and probably most of the counties in New York State, except New York City. I mean, why bother? But anyway, um, do you believe that the 18 hours of training is absurd? The 18 hours of training is absurd. Now, I happen to believe it is because the amount of, of violent crime committed with a firearm by CCW permit holders is a statistical zero in New York State. Not saying it doesn't happen. What I'm saying is, statistically, it's a zero. It happens so so infrequently as to be a statistical zero. People do not need, if they're going through the process of getting a concealed carry permit, they don't need 18 hours of training. You could only make that argument if that had been the historical precedent for many, many years. And it has not been. You have to go through a course. Yes, of course you do. But nothing like 18 hours. And we always hear about things that cost money, especially affecting women and minorities. Uh, Except when it comes to this. 18 hours of training? You want to tell me that that isn't going to adversely affect women? and minorities. And I'm somebody, and I've been saying this for quite some time, I think that more of our black brothers and sisters should absolutely get legal permission to carry a firearm so they can better protect themselves against people, animals, like uh, the one who destroyed so many lives back in May here in Buffalo, New York. All right, let me give the phone number to call, 803-0930. That's 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. By the way, uh, just a real quick note. Do you know that even though federal charges are pending against that animal butcher from the grocery store in Buffalo, even though federal charges are pending, the feds aren't taking custody of him as a result The sheriff of Erie County, John Garcia, it is his responsibility to hire people to watch this meaningless piece of flesh 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including holidays. That falls on the taxpayers of Erie County, New York, because he's 24-7 monitored. And the feds have charges against him, too. How come the feds don't take custody of that animal? Better yet, they should take custody, announce that they're going to drop him off near the shooting scene and slowly drive away and maybe let nature take its course. Well, perhaps not very lawfully respecting of me, but I can dream. Here's Kyle in uh, Amherst on WBEN. Kyle, welcome. Oh, good afternoon, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, I don't really understand... uh, why they would allow churches not to have armed protection. Um, I remember growing up in the church, and uh, they would have, um, you know, off-duty police officers who were members uh, carrying, especially touring times where they would have big collections, uh, building fund collections, uh, charity collections, and uh, and obviously you talked about the Jewish community and how the, the anti-Semites always seem to be targeting them. 
I don't understand why they would do something like that. Uh, and you just raised a, a stat that I don't think they actually took in consideration when they passed these laws. I mean, I think they should just go with the numbers uh, instead of going with the motion. And I think that's the problem. Uh, these these laws get passed by emotion and not by facts, you know? That's what I have to say about it. Yeah, I, look, I, I agree with you. And when you start passing laws that affect people's constitutional rights based on your heart and not your head, you run into a problem. And, Kyle, there's, you know, the heart versus head thing is very important to recognize that dichotomy at all times. For example, when we were in Miami uh, a couple of weeks ago, our hearts wanted to stay in Miami because we hadn't been together away in years. And we finally had a chance. And then that hurricane developed. Our head said, hey, if this hurricane hits, air travel is quite likely to be very disruptive, so we're going to pay the 800 bucks, and we're going to switch our flight and come back Monday instead of Wednesday. An example of not letting emotion get in front of logic. We did the logical thing for us. Logic tells us in this day and age that, I mean, if we're just talking about churches, that we need to have armed protection there, uh, and, and that's all there is to it. I mean, time and time again, we keep seeing... I mean, the bad guys don't care, and, and it's almost as if, like, they really want the bad guys to win because the good guys, and I watched the whole Senate uh, House hearing on on the gun uh, uh, gun law proposals, um, and one side is talking about a good guy with, a, a, you know, a gun is, is better than, uh, you know, the, 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 I can't think of the actual quote, but... Uh, the I only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That's the quote you're trying yeah. to find. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I believe that. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure every scenario did dictate it, but I'd rather have a good guy with a gun in the room who's gone through the clearance because that person typically is not the, 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 the criminal, the person who's going to commit those kind of crimes. You don't see, I mean, I'm sure there are cases that they'll bring up and say, yeah, it was a legalized person who walked in and started doing stuff. But uh, in this day and age, we, we have to be logical and we have to be responsible, uh, protecting our, our families who are in churches and our kids and all sorts of stuff. And they don't care. And it reminds me of the time when the governor talked about reducing the clip to, I think, what was it, seven? Uh, the, the bad guys don't have seven clips, you know, seven bullet clips. They have the, they have whatever they want. So we got to, we, we, it's just frustrating because I know how you, your state's on New York State, and I agree with you 100%. We, we just don't, we just don't use logic. No, we we do not, and we pass messages of necessity when there is no necessity and no message of necessity when there is necessity. For example, New York City's crime rate is absolutely out of control, and if you look at the prices of real estate in New York City, they're sinking like a stone. Yeah. I thank you, you, Kyle, very much for the phone call. Have a good one. I shall. Thank you. I was looking at a place in New York City this morning, and uh, the price has been on the market for four months. They just dropped the price $34,000. No, I'm not considering moving to New York City, but I was just curious. And lo and behold, sinking like a stone. Why would that be? Here is Debbie in Niagara Falls. Debbie, do you want people in your church to be armed? 
as far as I know, can't they be members of the congregation? They might even be now. Isn't it concealed carry we're talking about? Not at, not it, not under this law. Not under right, this law right. and not this coming Sunday because the state has three business days to appeal today's decision. So as of this Sunday, you'll still be illegal if you are carrying unless you fall into the uh, you know official security um, uh, organization. Okay, so what I what I was going to say, what I would like to say, uh, and then I want to follow up with two notes, a little bit off, but there's something you mentioned. Uh, but I, yes, I'm, I think they should continue. Those that have carried, I, I wouldn't know if they have carried or not, members of the congregation. But yeah, I think they should continue to be allowed or be allowed now under this new law with Hochul. Uh, why, why not? I mean, maybe they have people that are licensed to carry prior to this law. Uh, and they bring it to church on Sunday, I have no problem with that. Um, and I'm hoping that it, it continues. Those that they do and that are licensed to do so, concealed, we don't know whether they have it or not, let them be. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very, uh, yeah, it's useful, it's beneficial. It's, if, they, if they're licensed to do it, and I, I hope that, this, that it continues to be the way that it was, that they can carry if they want to carry. Who, who of us would know who's carrying or not? Right, without the know. church or syn- uh, synagogue or temple having to go out and hire an armed security service uh, to Which do it. Probably already have anyhow at the church I attend. Uh, but the people of the congregation, sure, if, they, if they've always carried and maybe they're off-duty police, who knows what the reason, But and then they're going out for the day and they want they carry or all the time, whatever the reasons are, I think they should be allowed to do so. It's infringing on more infringement on our rights. So I'm well, very, my, very my understanding, with- my understanding, forgive the interruption, is that the rules are a little bit different for uh, active or retired law enforcement personnel. Well, that's what I understand, but I didn't know that. But I, I agree that they should continue to be allowed to do so, not that any of us would really know. And what was the other point you wanted to make? Okay, you, you always bring up a good point, what you were saying about canceling your flight and what you were talking about, the top shooter. You always seem to really put in a really good point that I'd like to talk about, but right before you take take the call on whatever other reason that we were calling in. So that's just a little pet peeve of mine. I wanted to talk about the top shooter, but that wasn't what this call was about. I wanted to talk about, I just, I just got my money back from American Airlines to go down and visit my son. They refunded it completely. Thank God, because I was supposed to leave two days ago, and I got a complete refund. Thank God I didn't have to pay extra. If you probably would have waited an extra day, maybe you could have got the refund. Well, I, I don't think so. And quite you didn't fr- want to take the chance. No, I get it. No, you know what? Because being stranded at an airport, I'd have paid $8,000 to get home, not $800 no, to get, get home. I get it. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Debbie. I'm uh-huh. sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to take the thunder out of your storm. Oh, no. Uh, I thank you. I thank you. All right. Uh, we're going to take more calls coming up. When you go to church, temple, synagogue, mosque, do you hope that somebody is lawfully carrying? Do you hope that your leader of the faith has arranged for armed security? Because especially in some of these very large mega churches, man, it, it, it just seems to me to be an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, there's the money thing, but these mass shooters, they're not financially motivated. They're motivated by some kind of a hatred that you and I will never understand to take as many lives as they possibly can in as short a period as they possibly can. And it's just, it's it's utterly senseless. It's devoid of any 
it, 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 there's nothing that they get out of it except death and maybe alleged notoriety. But I don't give them notoriety on this show. I just, uh, I, I won't, I've never said the shooter's name, not on this show, and I never will. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, it is uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Should you be allowed to carry your firearm in the House of the Rising Sun? An interesting question that we will not get into. Uh, should you be allowed to carry a firearm in church? And when you worship, whether it's a church, temple, mosque, whatever, um, do you want to feel as though you are protected? Also, does anybody else think this 18-hour training requirement is absolutely absurd? Because that stands, despite other stuff in New York State's September 1st gun laws being thrown out, you still have to have 18 hours of training. And we talked with attorney Max Tresman before about that. There's no historical analog to that. 18 hours of training strikes me as being absurd. Not only that, it really adversely impacts disadvantaged communities. And why is it that people who are always telling us about disadvantaged communities in other contexts, when it comes to the exorbitant prices people are going to have to pay for 18 hours of firearms training, they don't give a damn about you if you are part of a disadvantaged community. Seriously. What's that all about? 803-0930, the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Here is uh, Mike in Orchard Park. Mike, you are on. Hello. Hey, Tom. How are you today? Wonderful day. Good, good. Um, so I may be a little unpopular with what I'm about to say, only for one minor thing. Well, I that's a big club. Here. I've been a little unpopular from time to time. You're, we're in good company. Um, I am a computer carrier, and I think that we should be able to carry in houses of worship. Uh, so that is without a question. I do think that the 18-hour uh, training is a bit much. Now, that being said, I have always thought that in order to have a concealed carry permit, it's a huge responsibility. And I have always thought that part of the training that we've always had to have to get, to get it should have included some type of a live fire training. Um, it's a little bit of a different thing, but uh, when you go to get a driver's license, so I won't argue that, driver's license and drive a four to 6,000 pound vehicle, you have to pr prove that you're proficient with driving. I think you should also have to do that with a firearm. Now, 18 hours is ridiculous. I went through the training 
than four hours. Uh, you know, the various things that you have to have uh, knowledge of when you take the responsibility of carrying a firearm, that's great. I really do think there should be a live fire component to it because just like driving a car, there's people that aren't proficient with cars. I would hate to have somebody who can barely fog a mirror just go through the loopholes of getting a gun and then not knowing how to operate one. I think that New York State's been a little weird. North Carolina, for example, to have a, a weapon, you don't have to have uh, a permit. But to have a concealed carry permit in the state of North Carolina, North Carolina you do have to, I want to say that it's a four-hour course that commences with proficiency testing. So I think there should be some kind of a hybrid there, but I think I should be able to carry wherever the hell I want. Uh, I think that if people are law-abiding citizens and go through the stuff that we do to get a concealed permit, that we're responsible enough. We are not the folks you got to be worried about. It's the ones who don't are the ones that you need to be worried about. And you, you thought that the part where you want people to demonstrate proficiency with firearms would make you unpopular? Um, to some people. I've had this debate with some of my fellow concealed carry friends. Oh, that, dude. Uh, don't, I, don't agree with me. Mike, I have to tell you, the, the only thing that's good about the New York State firearms law that went into effect on September 1st is the fact that you are allowed to do the live fire training. And before, when you and I got our permits, we weren't allowed to even touch a handgun until we were uh, uh, until we were issued license. right until we were issued the license itself. But I mean, I would I would I, I'm I'm on your side. I would go back to the four hour training course. At the end of that course, you should have to uh, you should have to uh, demonstrate some level of proficiency with a firearm on a range with a qualified um, uh, a firearms instructor. I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're saying because if, if, if somebody does not know what they're doing with a firearm, um, they're going to be a hazard. And I can't tell you the number of times where new permit holders, you know, I've gone to the range with them and I have gone over the safety with them. I've, I've taught them how to shoot. Uh, once they got the permit, but it's got to be a one-on-one -on -one thing. Yeah, agree. And I've I've been at a local range uh, and saw somebody doing, you know, hey, I just got my permit today. Came to pick up my gun, uh, bought a box of bullets, and and went in there. And the range master came in, shut down the whole range because this guy put two rounds into the ceiling because he had no idea how to practice. Keep your finger out of the inside of the. Trigger. Yeah. Sense, unfortunately, it can't be legislated, but that uh, proficiency should become part of it, but not 18 hours. That's... Oh, you're starting to cut out. Look, I, you're starting to cut out, my friend. I thank you for calling. Uh, you know, folks, I, this might surprise Mike and might surprise you. I agree with what Mike has said. It never made sense to me that you couldn't even touch a firearm unless you had a firearms license in New York State. And as I told Mike on the phone, the number of people I know who over the past few years have gotten concealed carry permits but had never fired a firearm is astronomical. And myself and a couple other guys I know, we were always given the task of, okay, uh, teach uh, so-and-so how to use her firearm. And... 
you know, it's I gladly do it. I had a very excellent um, firearms instructor in the two minutes I was in police academy. I did go through the entire um, uh, uh, firearms training in the academy and actually was at the top of the class. Thank you very much. But um, I had a great instructor, and I used the same uh, techniques that the instructor used with me. But it, it never made sense. I don't know how you guys feel about this. It never made sense to me that, okay, you've never held a firearm before. You've never hired a, a, held a handgun before in your life, but now you can conceal carry. Uh, you should have to demonstrate some proficiency. Look, I, you know what? I would support, and I'd like your take on this. Would you support this? A four- or five-hour training course, which culminates in a qualified person taking you to a range and going through how a revolver works and how a semi-automatic handgun works because they're two different things. And one of my favorite firearms is a Model 15 Smith & Wesson I bought back in 1986. I don't like to carry it because it's kind of on the big side, but as far as uh, unerring accuracy and fun, it's, it's awesome. Now, obviously, you get six shots, but if you've got the speed loaders, you can reload pretty quickly once you empty the shells out of it. And a semi-automatic... Um, and I hate to I hate to tell you this. This is this is why I think you should have to qualify with a semi-automatic as well. Because what do you guys know about semi-automatics? No matter how good the firearm is, it could be a Kimber, a Sig Sauer, a Glock. What happens with a semi-automatic handgun? It jams. They all jam once in a while. They all jam, and you should be able to demonstrate that you know how to safely take care of the jam in the semi-automatic firearm. Um, it, it's, it's a, it, you got to be really careful with it. And, at, uh, and, and the most important thing to me anyway is always keeping the barrel downrange when you are clearing out the jam. And you got to know how to clear out the jam. And occasionally... Every now and again, you might get a jam that's so bad, you have to go to a gunsmith to uh, take care of it. Doesn't happen a lot, but I know people to whom it has happened, and uh, it can be a big pain in the butt. But, you know, when, when law enforcement agencies switched to semi-automatics, mostly in the 1990s, uh, they went to semi-automatics, there was a huge debate among cops as far as, do we really want to stick with the revolver, or do we want to stick or do we want to switch to the semi-automatic handgun knowing of the propensity for those semi-automatics to jam? And if you have any semi-automatic whatsoever, I'm telling you it is going to jam sooner or later. Just as I say that, I realize my Luger 22 caliber has never jammed. Has <laughs> That one has never jammed. Krauts did something right. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about... Uh, what we're talking about right now, which is uh, the what you should have to do in order to get your pistol permit. The new law does allow you to have live fire training as part of the 18-hour training course. But I think 18 hours is ridiculous. Four or five hours is all you really need, and that fourth to fifth hour should be 
taking you to the range and showing you how a firearm actually works. Of course, one of the problems is typically between the time you finish that course you have to take and the time your permit is approved, it takes months and months and months. So by the time you actually get the permit, you're going to want to take a refresher course from somebody you know um, who has some experience with firearms because you can forget a lot. And somebody, by the way, um, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Maybe I'm wrong when I tell people this, but uh, friends of mine who've recently gotten their concealed carry permits have said, Tom, what kind of what, what kind of gun should I buy? And my answer is always, invariably, you buy what feels right in your hand. You buy what feels right in your hand. Because that gun your friend has that your friend raves about, you might decide, A, it's too heavy, B, it just doesn't feel right when you hold it. I've held firearms that just didn't feel right for me. And I, I, I wouldn't buy them because they just didn't feel right. So I, I happen to believe that there are two things very important. Whatever gun you buy, it should feel right in your hand. And number two, um, you should absolutely know the ins and outs of your particular firearm. You, you got to know you got to know as much as you possibly can about it. I'm not saying you need to be a gunsmith because I'm certainly not a gunsmith, but uh, never accidentally shot anybody or <laughs> on purpose for that matter uh, in in the time I've handled firearms. 803-0930 star 930 1-800-616 WBEN. I don't agree with that. La- don't don't disagree with that last caller at all. Uh, let's get back to the calls here talking about uh, well a lot of stuff involving firearms, guns. Concealed carry. Yeah. Put up your Motley Crue poster and have some fun. Motley Crue? I meant 38 special. Sorry. A little brain dead today. Here's Ted in Lackawanna. You're on WBEN. Ted, welcome. Hey, Tom. Nice to talk to you again. Yes, sir. Um, I, I uh, do have a bit of a problem with uh, your last caller uh, and uh, the discussion about uh, the training requirements. Um, just to give you a little background, uh, I'm an avid Firearms enthusiast. Uh, I also uh, have, for several years, worked at a local gun store uh, selling firearms. Uh, To especially in the last few years, a lot of people who never owned guns, never been around guns, never, you know, don't have any background or experience with guns. Uh, And the the first thing I tell, thing I tell friends who have bought guns is. Ted, you're you're cutting in and out, man. I, I want to hear what you have to say, but you keep cutting in and out. You want to call back? Try again. I can't. I cannot continue. I'm sorry. I can't continue the call on air. I need you to call back, and we'll try it again because uh, it's unintelligible. You're every every time you make a point, it just it cuts out. So I'm sorry about that. Um, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. I hate that, man. We get a caller that uh, I really want to hear what he's got to say, and uh, damn cell phone goes in and out. <laughs> Irritating. Irritating. I wonder if I could shoot the cell phone. Is that possible? Is that permissible under the New York state law? 
Probably. Depends on where you would do it, I guess. Um, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. So in case you are just joining us, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, Today, uh, a lot of New York State's what I consider onerous concealed carry weapons uh, laws have uh, gone out the window. But one thing that is continuing is... 18 hours of training. Folks, you don't need 18 hours of training regarding firearms. You need to know the law governing when you can use deadly physical force. We've talked about this before, but it's Article 35 of the New York State Penal Code. You need to know that inside and out. Because the last thing you need to do, and frankly, the last thing anybody else with a concealed permit needs you to do, is to shoot somebody stupidly. Um, It makes everybody look bad if you shoot somebody without proper justification. And it it doesn't happen all that often. I can think of two cases in the last 25 years where it, uh, it has happened, and uh, they didn't end up very well for the people involved. But uh, you, you need to know the law. So they, they, you got to cover the ins and outs of Article 35. You should also be given, in my opinion, a uh, primer on a revolver, a primer on a semi-automatic, and after you receive that kind of instruction, then I think you should spend an hour to an hour and a half on the range learning from somebody how to operate the two different kinds of, uh, uh, of handguns that people are likely to encounter in their life, the revolver and the semi-automatic pistol. Um, and they're two, they're two different animals, but I will maintain to this day that And again, when people say, Tom, what kind of a gun should I buy? I said, forget about the kind of gun. you got to find one that feels right to you, one with which you are going to be comfortable. You are going to be carrying it. And God forbid, you are going to have to be able to draw it and use it you got to make sure it fits right in your hand. And there are some firearms that, frankly, um, they're, they're too big for me. They're too big for me. And there's some that are too small for me. I don't much care for those either. It's got to be just right. It's got to be the Goldilocks zone. All right. Suddenly we've gone to don't look up. Thank you. 356 at News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Bowerly News. Is coming up next. Lucas Buckley at Master Control doing a wonderful job. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 